3: Zoko finally waited. Eriksen, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Mora. And belted into the air, brilliant goal. On debut. Tongue on has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Mora clips it. Oh great goal! Steven Barthboy has arrived! in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time gets to Kane... Good area for Spurs. Kane not afraid to shoot. Wow! What a goal, Hurricane! That is exceptional. Plamella, who will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley backline. Son breaks forward. Oh wow! What a run, Son, from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career.
5: Will it do? Will it do? Will it do? Will it do? We're back. Um, for another week, another episode of the new Spurs order. As ever, follow us on socials, hit us up, um, make sure you are locked in, share, subscribe, tell your auntie that there are some decent folk out here talking about the beloved Spurs. Um, As ever, as it is the we have a special guest on today, I will introduce him in a moment, but I'm going to start with the regular cast members, I have a trio here. A and fun three. I think it might be even Kulu, Son, Kane levels. Um, I'm going to start with the man um, who I haven't actually spoken to on the stream for a very long time, uh, but he's been putting in work um, behind the scenes. Ohio, how you doing, brother? Macho man.
2: I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Good to be back. Um, I, I, it's funny enough, I actually I love listening to the pub when I'm not here because I, I just catch catch too Stray here and there, being a, being a Liverpool resident myself, um, but... No, it's good to be back, man. Great to have Jacob on, you know, but adding a sprinkle of, you know, seasoning some professionalism onto the pod today. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, man, looking <laughs> forward to tonight.
5: That's good. I don't know what stage you're referring to. Just for the record, um, if anyone has listened to the past two weeks of the pod and we've mentioned our hire slipping into DMs, um, <clears throat> if he does slip into your DMs and says something about coming on the pod, he does actually mean to jump on the pod. Anyway, um, I'm going to go to the next person. Yao, Scott Hall, my man, my striker. How you doing, brother?
0: I'm here, innit. it? You know, certain man said they've been catching strays. I don't deliver strays. I deliver straight shots, bro. <laughs> <Very okay.
5: laughs> yeah, got...
0: So Jacob knows what time it is. He knows he's <laughs> going to be here for some fun. Obviously, macho man slipping into DMs, not the first time. Listen, yeah, lads. I'm ready. The Premier League is literally, what, 24 hours away. I'm excited.
5: Yeah, yeah. hopefully by this time, tomorrow, Arsenal will be in the mud. But anyway, um, and the last member of the so, Tops, talk to us.
1: What's going on? What's going on? Uh, how's it going, Dave?
5: Yeah, man, all good, all good, all good. Um, <clears throat> good to see you, bye-bye.
1: Um, yeah, always Arsenal.
5: good, man. Um, You're here, man.
1: Yeah, nice to be nice to be on. Uh, happy to be with Ohio as well. It's been a minute since he's uh, slipped into my DMs with something interesting, but we can go into that a little later anyway. Uh, but otherwise, I'm good. I'm good. Happy that the Premier League is back. I'm looking forward to Saturday's game. Looking forward to being there as well. So
5: that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, just a comment from our American brother and um, Asa Ohio. Can you slip into my DMs? Ohio, you're in, you're in much demand, um, but I'm sure you knew that already. <clears throat> Um, and to introduce our illustrious our, um, guest uh, on the show, a, a Saints fan, Southampton fan, um, I'm sure he'll tell us why, um, whether it's by birth, by force, or by choice. We'll see. Um, but we have Jacob Tanswell from the Athletic, um, as you know, from Athletics, This is going to be as serious as we can and as professional as we can be. And um, Jacob, uh, introduce yourself. Maybe tell us a bit about your journey with. Your beloved saints.
4: Yeah, so it definitely wasn't through choice. It's because I'm from Southampton, and yeah, growing up, uh, supported Southampton. I used to play for Bournemouth uh, down the road. Got released at 16. Decided to be a to be a writer instead because I was I was better talking about than playing it. And then I covered Southampton briefly a couple of years ago. Moved back to Bournemouth again to write about Bournemouth. And then this season, uh, Dan Sheldon uh, from the Athletic moved to Manchester. And I replaced him, uh, covering my club, current Southampton for the Athletic.
5: Boom, boom. So we, like I said, guys, levels have been set. Um, Jacob, it is great to have you on, um, and we are going to get into a lot of convo about uh, Southampton in a moment. But first, we're going to start with a few points from the week. So, Jacob, please indulge us. Sit tight, um, and and as we just kind of touch on a few things from the Spurs week so far. Um, We've been linked with players going in, coming into it, coming into the club. Even the you know whole room mill. I think everyone was just was the start of the Premier League, and so therefore there was a lot of chat about um, <clears throat> you know how how players are you know that we're linked with. Hi, I'm going to come to you on this one. Um, we've been linked with an exciting uh, left wing back um, from Italy. Um, obviously, Pavatichi shops in Italy, as we all know. Um, What's your thoughts on the incoming Destiny?
2: The So Destiny Udogi, a.k.a. Destiny's Child, um, I probably have learned more about him in the last two hours than I've probably heard from my own brother this week. Um, I had never heard of the kid in my life. Um, I know there's a couple Italian Spurs fans or Syria are uh, familiar Spurs fans on the time and that have been saying he's quality, again, I had absolutely zero idea apart from the only thing I knew straight away was that he was Nigerian, just from his surname. That was literally it. Um, but yeah, did a bit of reading around. Um, and he was actually on the Italian football podcast hosted by Carlo Gagagnese. Um, and I had a full-on interview with him, and he sounds like he's got a head switched on. So just a bit a little bit on him, obviously, like I said, Nigerian heritage, but born and raised in Italy. Um, played Italy youth team under 16, 17, and I'm pretty sure 18 and 21. Obviously left wing back, um, but he can play left back. And weirdly, he's actually played centre mid, attacking centre mid for Italian youth teams going forward. But he but he prefers he prefers left back, a left wing back. Sorry. Um, they asked him what his main strengths were. He said he loves loves attacking, loves getting forward, loves getting into the box. And obviously, I think he got like five goals and three assists last year from a full season. Um, kids quick as well Kids are very, very quick And I feel like There's a couple of things They ask them Which sort of I feel like when you ask players These kind of questions It's kind of important Just for their view on football So he idolises Marcelo And obviously You know he uh, He's in conversation With Ashley Cole as, as best left back of all time So that's a good It's good to sign somebody Who wants to play like that um, When he said Who his favourite player Growing up was It made me I don't really feel old You know I've got skin skincare down Hairline's intact, you know. I feel a lot younger than I am. But when Destiny Dogi said he supports Milan because he saw Ronaldinho play for them, I said, "Oh my god, we are, we're we're at a point where children are, are are associating R10 with Milan, not Barca," which was a little bit scary. But um, he's a Milan fan, um, and also interestingly, he's the only Italian teenager in Syria who's got consistent starting minutes throughout the whole of Serie A this year. Um, I'm not privy to this particular conversation, but on the pod they were saying that, you know, it's it's an ongoing conversation, not enough Italian youth for getting minutes, and he seems to be the only one. Just the chat around him seems to be he's literally the next big thing. He's going to be the new face of, like, young Italian football. That That's the word on the curb, you know what I'm saying? So I'm buzzing that we've got in there Paratici wanted him when he was at Juve. When Paratiche was at UV and and Destiny was at um, Verona, I think that's what I think that's the club he was at. So, you know, it it looks really positive. And then on the on the on the flip side, he doesn't like going out much. You know, I'm, I'm sure Uncle is telling him to stay at home, read book, Yao. I'm sure you'll be you'll be pleased with that kind of behavior from from someone of Nigerian heritage. You know, I'm blue. If you know, you know. Um, he doesn't like playing FIFA. He says the new. Wait, he says the new like gameplay thief is pretty shit, so he doesn't like it, he prefers 2K. Um and he thinks Messi's better than Ronaldo. So Hey, hey,
0: hey, hey. Sometimes you need to draw the line on some nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But everything else, I appreciate it. This kid yeah. sounds like he... he's quality, Um yes. and you know, we've we've had problems in the past with kids that don't respect their father, Bamadelli. Um talking to you and I'm also talking to you, Barkley. So you're yeah, out so you can get your careers back on track. But I, I like what I'm hearing about this kid. Destiny's Child, indeed.
5: Can we just put on on the record that um, last week, Yao promised that he was not going to mention Bamadele and his his issues with his father, um, and it's taken nine minutes for that for that promise to be broken. you can't you can't say anything because we told you this was going to happen.
0: So, some promises have to be broken. I <laughs> want the best of the kid. Yeah, right. I'm
5: sure. I'm sure Jacob tops. And Ohio
0: want the same. I want the best for the kid. Yeah, I'm trying to help him achieve the heights in life. Say sorry to your father. You make it to the top. I'm telling you.
5: Yeah, I saw a video, I saw a video of Dele Addy the other day dancing in the changing room. Mate, I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, um, so Tops, I'm coming to you. Uh, we've also been linked with Zaniolo. Um, didn't really impress me in the Roma fixture last week. Um, the only time he got in the highlight was because he got slide tackled by Romero. But hey, so many people get sly like on by Romero Join the club. So, Tosh, what's your thoughts? You're a doctor. Um, this kid's had two ACLs. He, I don't know if he's got any knees left. Um, and, and it seems like the Paratucci machine is in full effect trying to steal him off Jose Mourinho. What's your thoughts real quick?
1: Um, firstly, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know we've we've gone back and forth on this issue about this kind of player, um, I feel like, you know, um, it looks like it's probably going to be Zaniolo. Like, in terms of his profile as a player, like, I very much look at him as, like, not... When I look at him, I look at, like, his game, and I think there's not anything that's specifically amazing about his game. I think, that like, he's a good dribbler. He looks like he can score goals. Sometimes he looks like he's, like, he can create, but he doesn't seem, like, that much of a specialist. One thing I do like about him is that he does seem to carry the ball well, which is kind of something that we need or we kind of need to replace in Lichelso, uh for the price, and also just because of his health. Uh, it's not something that I'm like particularly keen on, but if it's something that Conte is like huge for, then um... oh sorry, 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 gents. if it's something that uh, Conte is like huge for. Then uh, I'm all for it, but at this point, it looks like we are going for him. So I'm just going to have to accept it for what it is at this point.
5: Yeah, it does. It does look like you know things are in in, in motion. I know we spoke a lot about <clears throat> Zaniolo and um, like some Madison in recent weeks. Let's see what happens. Um, like I said, it's that point in the um, in the window where everyone knows the Going to see first eleven. Is going to see who's on the bench. Who's playing, who's not, and I think there's going to be a lot of movement across the leagues. And um, yeah, final thing on a general Spurs point: um, what's your thoughts on the quote-unquote struggle to shift players? Again, I think this may change as the games start playing and teams realise that they have a massive La Celso hole that they need to fill. Um, pause. What's your thoughts on on that? Yeah.
0: Um. Honestly, I don't think we should really be worrying about shifting players. I think, um, especially the players we want to get rid of, they will either go towards the back end of this summer transfer window or they'll go in January, you know, one way or another. Look, Look, there is a World Cup literally round the corner. Not next year, round the corner of this year. So if players want to try and put their name in the hat, put their name in the mix... Uh, they have to get regular games. So, you know, that goes for, you know, players like Winks. Uh, he, he needs to bounce. He needs to bounce for, for the sake of us. You know, we don't need to see him no more. But he needs to bounce if he wants to put his name in the hat. I think other players, mm, it's a bit tricky. I don't think we're going to be able to shift the likes of Davison Sanchez. But Lo Celso is another one who, even though he gets regularly picked for... um Argentina. i think he needs regular games to secure his position so he will probably force a move out because he knows he's not wanted and then endombele i think endombele is probably the, the hardest one to shift because i don't think he i don't think there's any urgency from him or his camp to to get regular football and, and it's a shame you know because you know he let himself down he let nas down he let a lot of people down you know and um we're still trying to to understand how somebody of such talent uh, can give us a a two out of ten album. Uh, it's just it's just poor. The the collection of uh, content that he's given to us is, is stinks. So uh, I'd like to see the end of of Winks because there's no way a player of his caliber should be wearing the number eight shirt. He should be wearing at at the very least nine hundred on the back of his shirt because that's that's where he is in the rankings. And that's all I'll say on Winx, a.k.a. non-Harry.
5: <laughs> For now. Um, <clears throat> thanks, guys. Uh, that's a nice little wrap-up of the, the kind of week so far. Um, like I said, we will see movement. That's the third time I've said that. Hopefully we'll see stuff start to happen. Um, Jacob, we're going to bring you in here now. We're going to start talking, uh, looking ahead to Southampton. Um, obviously, Southampton, maybe you know they don't have the same kind of... Um, Spending powers, those top teams, whatever, but they are a, a kind of you know, a certified Premier League team. Okay, I know they've had their struggles, they flirted with a few moments, um, both at both ends of the table. Um, but you know, they, they are a, a reputable team. Um, just want to get your thoughts on a few players. So, uh, <clears throat> we were talking just before we came on about uh, Romeo Lavia, and um, that you've got one of the city's um, academy talents. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a Belgian uh, player. Um, what's your thoughts on him? Has he has he played in the preseason?
4: What does he look like? Where does he fit in for you guys? What's your thoughts? It's really exciting to be honest, with you mate, because I think it's the first time in nearly a decade that Southampton have actually had money to spend in the summer. And I know for you, you you might not understand this, but for the last five six years, Southampton have had to sell to buy players. The owners not put one pound, or the old owner has not put one pound into into the transfer kitty at all, which was... We understand
5: we, that one. We do understand
4: that. One. <laughs> yeah, I guess, Carry on. but so let's, you said, uh, like, for example, we wanted Kyle Walker-Peters for so long, and we could only do it when Pierre Hoiberg, which I'm sure we'll come on to, went the other way. So, with Romeo Lavia, to spend £14 million on a player that's not played in the Premier League, and to him to be the number one target, because there's other targets that have played, you know, there's one target that played 120 games in the Bundesliga, and they decided to turn him down and go for Romeo Lavia. I think he was bossing it in Premier League two last year. So good in it. And he's played in every single pre-season game. Uh, and he's actually, it re- looks like he's going to be replacing Oriel Romeo, who's been in midfield for God knows how long, alongside Will Pro. So I think he's a player that you guys need to keep an eye on as well, because he looks a he looks a real player at, at 18 years old. Right,
5: nice, nice. Uh, you also went for Dilap. It looks like you're just uh, a yeah. cradle snatches. Um, <laughs> It's quite interesting because for so long, Southampton were the ones producing... Uh, the players that everyone else steals at a young age, you know, you think about Walker. you think about Bell, um, Lallana, uh, well, even Mane came from you guys, didn't he? Um, <clears throat> you know, is this a new shift for you guys? Is this, are you looking at, yes, you may have money to spend, but you want to spend it wisely, you want to make sure you get talents that maybe you can grow for two to three, three to five years
4: and then sell them on. Is that kind of the talk around the club? That's the plan. I think Southampton have just brought in a new head of recruitment from Man City. He's only thirty-five, and he was the one that you know unearthed Jalen Sancho, Michael Elise. He knows he's worked with Phil Foden and Cole Palmer, so he knows Man City's academy like you would have believe. So that's why you know Romeo Lavia comes in, Liam Delap. They they wanted, and he's got really good networks across all the top. You know English clubs, you know Tottenham, Chelsea, Van City, and that's that's the USP now for Slams moving forward. They want to poach the best young players. You saw Tino Liberamento last year came in for five million, and he's mm. worth probably ten times that if it when he does go. So I think that's that's the model, and it's it's a risky one because I think you know the average age is going to be about twenty three next year. It's it's ridiculous, but if it works, the potential is massive, isn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Clubs at uh, you know in across the league have done that whole kind of rebuild from <clears throat> from kind of having a younger team. Not too long ago, Spurs had you know one of the youngest teams in the league and um, did relatively well with that team. And um, if you can get them all in and get them all playing playing well, then I'm sure you guys will be fine. Um tops, I'm going to come to you quickly about uh, Joe Alibo, um, Nigerian brother who's at um, the Saints. He's just popped in from Rangers. Um, He went viral with a, a, some say stunning, but some of the defending was pretty poor, if we're honest. Um, But yeah, he scored a really good goal. Um, Amazing run, good finish. Uh, Have you watched him maybe coming up through the ranks for Nigeria? I don't know if he's played many international games or if he's in around the squad. Um, Should we be scared if he's going up against Davison Sanchez at the weekend?
1: Yeah, like, um, I, I've actually had a bit of an interest in his career because um, a couple of my friends, they work for a company that represents uh, Joey Arriba. So they followed him all the way pretty much through when he was at Staines, down um, through to Charlton, and then obviously when he got his move to um, Rangers. And obviously it was only until last year that he actually decided to uh, take up his um, international calling. Um, I'd come to play for Nigeria. To be honest with you, uh, every time I've always uh, spoken to like my friends about him, they've always said that you know this guy's going places. And I mean, his career has kind of started on the latter sort of side, um, well a, a bit on the later side, and he's kind of come up to a point because I think now he's like twenty five or twenty six, and he really only started playing professionally since what would be like twenty, I think twenty fourteen. I think when he when he when he was at Staines. um so, like, if I'm honest with you, I'm, like, absolutely stoked for him. I, I really have, I really do feel that, like, Southampton have have made a really good sign-in. Uh, Ariba, I really like a lot of his attributes. He's tall, he's physical, he's quite creative. He pops up with a goal. Um, he popped up with some really impressive goals and really impressive performances last season for, for Rangers. Um, so, to be honest with you, and also even his performances in the African Cup of Nations um, for Nigeria when <coughs> he played an advanced sort of ten sort of role. I was honestly really impressed with everything that he kind of brought. Um, so actually, like the opportunity for him to finally make a step up in in the Premier League um, after like what what would be a couple of good seasons at Rangers is a really good one. Um, obviously, like you know my my interest is always going to be invested because he's obviously Nigerian as well. But um, hopefully, his good performances don't start this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Jake, you've got to
2: be careful, man. Tops was coming for your
5: job because. Right.
4: Yeah, he broke that good. down really. I was gonna say, you know, more about him than I do. You can write an article about him afterwards if you want to. <laughs> hey, hey
5: I need my 10%. Y'all, I need my 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll give you your two percent for your DM, but but yeah, um, perfect. No, that's 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 a nice breakdown. Um, it'll be exciting to see how he progresses. And, and there's ever, you know, from our perspective, we hope he has a bad game on Saturday. Um you mentioned it earlier, Jacob. And I'm going to come to you before letting Yao loose because um, it's very well documented. Yao's views on the play you mentioned earlier, Pierre N'Le um, <clears throat> otherwise known as Hoisin, source um, in in the group chat. What's your thoughts on the swap deal? You know, uh, who got the better deal here? Kyle walker Peters, who you know looks like he's coming into his own a bit. I'll be I'll be honest. I wasn't the biggest fan of him when he was at Spurs. Played an absolutely horrible game against Colchester in the FA Cup, at which point I was like, I'm done with this guy. Get him out of the club. Obviously, he moves to Southampton. Looks like he's doing well on both flanks. Um, even with competition from, you know, players coming in from, you know, Chelsea or whatever. Um, what's your thoughts on on one, Heuberg when he was at Saint Mary's, and then, you know, maybe this 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 swap deal? Who got the better deal, do you reckon?
4: I think it's, it's quite obvious that Salampton got the, the better deal. Hoiberg had one year left in his contract. That, lo- that last season, I've got to be honest with you, he wasn't as good as he was the year before. And I think James Ward-Prowse was outperforming in basically every other aspect. So he was you know, replaceable. I think towards the end of that season, O'Reilly replaced him. So to get £15 million, I think it was, or something like that, for a yeah, yeah. player that wanted to leave, wasn't going to sign a new contract, and to get Kyle Walker-Peters, who had already been on loan at Salampton, who was sensational, for twelve million, so you you know you're getting Walker Peters plus three million for Hoyber. I just thought that's a that was a fantastic deal and fantastic from Southampton to, to negotiate like that. And you know I saw Walker Peters at Tottenham. I thought he was okay. He's unbelievable. Genuinely, I think you need to take him to the World Cup because he's probably better off the left because his crossing's never been great, but he's he's dribbling. He is Southampton's most dangerous attacking outlet. Uh, i see you nodding your head. He is I. <laughs> I haven't seen a, a right back as good as him at Southampton probably in, in my lifetime. He's I think he's fantastic and it would be such a shame to lose him. And, you know, David Ornstein reported that you guys have got 30 million release calls. So the fact that you signed Jed Spence instead uh, was a huge sigh of relief and just hope that Southampton can keep hold of him.
5: Oh, don't worry. We can make space. Um, Emerson Royale, <laughs> Matthew Doherty. These players are expendable. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did say, I did promise I was going to come to you and we can see that you are bursting at the seams um, to to speak on this topic. I believe personally, and you may want to contradict, but I think you're going to agree that what Jacob just said there was music to your ears. Um, <clears throat> has this brought some sense of confirmation to your life um, and your agenda um, regarding Hoisin?
0: Uh, listen, yeah. Look, let, me, let me say this to you right now. In life, there are people that fake it to make it. You know, there are people that are genuine. And there are people that I like to call the 100% fraudsters. Uh, Part of West Africa, will call them 419ers, but that's for another day and another time. (laughs) I warned you, guy, about this, Pierre. I am not a Bamiyang hoisting sauce guy. I told you. I said this guy is a fraudster. But you know what? I'll be honest. Sometimes when you're watching players on TV, you know, you pick up on things, you see the game a bit different. But when you go into the stadium, there's no hiding. You see it in 4K. And I saw it in 4K. I knew that day then, when I saw Heubjerg stink up the whole stadium, I knew that this guy is bad for our arteries. He's bad. He's a bad source. And that was the day that I realised he needs to come down from the stairs, exit stage left of our stadium and never return. Sadly, Jacob has obviously confirmed that Southampton won't be taking him back. As I was hoping would be some of Jacob's uh, lingo. But clearly, he's seen what I've seen. And you guys just don't want to admit it. I'm glad I finally... Can see that we have been shafted by the footballing gods, and I'm not happy. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not happy. I, I think I think Jacob because he's got links to you know Southampton. I believe he needs to talk to uh, the chairman that doesn't spend a penny. <laughs> that we are we are happy to offer Hoyberg with return with fifteen million. I'm I'm even happy to put money in. Just to bring Carl Walker Peters back, and I don't even think Carl Walker Peters will start. But Hybeog, oh my goodness, this, oh Jesus, I don't even know where to start. For me, the thing that annoys me the most and about him, he talks a good game. He really does. He runs around a lot, but for the love of God, the the conviction. In some of the things, and it's he runs like a headless chicken. It's hilarious that we've gone on board Besuma, who absolutely dunked on this guy on all times that he's met. Him. Yeah, smashed him up. So, if it's up to me, um transfer window ends September first, if I'm correct. Uh, I know that you know Hoyberg has some of his. Uh, don't ask me how, but I know some of these people listen to our podcast, you know, but they can't admit it. So you can tell your friend Pierre, please leave. Leave my club. Yeah. yeah. Go go Newcastle. Go go there. Yeah, <coughs> they'll love you up there. Fog on the time and everything. They will love you. Yeah. <laughs> go up there. Just, just leave us alone, please.
5: Oh my life. The uh now uh weekly Yao piece on Hoisin. Um, just a quick question, Jacob, uh, before we look at the game in more detail. Um, here from Asa, um, who's our American uh, <clears throat> general, uh, kind of, you know, Spurs fan who loves to jump in on the pod. Uh, KWP, JWP, who is the next great WP at Southampton?
4: There's no WP as of yet, but I'm sure there's got to be one soon. I think it only happens when James Will Prowse leaves and then a new WP will come in. I think that's that's the rule. Can only have two at a time, I see it. Yeah, respect, exactly.
5: Yeah. Um, just a quick note on Hoyerberg it was Jose Mourinho who wanted him, and we know how Yao loves Jose Mourinho. That's but a anyway, lie, no, it's fine. A it was no, a club no, a bit. It's, it's right. a club
0: by, we're not going down that road. It's a club by, yeah. <laughs> just like Conte be. got saddled with, with Spence, and was like, I didn't really want him, but I will take him, yeah. That's how Jose felt when he got given hoisting, yeah. He said, I didn't <laughs> really yeah. want him, but I'll take him. And he, he got the best out of him, like he got the best out of Ndombelé, yeah. But listen, sometimes we just have to be honest with ourselves, yeah. We've been shafted, and Jacob's hey, come man. on here to tell us the truth that we've been shafted. Yeah, Jacob, I adore the fact that you came on here and told the truth because these <laughs> man thought you were gonna come in here and tell a lie. You're an honourable man,
2: David. I got, oh. got a quick question. Sh- I got a quick yeah, quick question for Jacob. If that's alright. So. Cool. James Ward-Prowse, if I search JWP or Ward-Prowse in the NSO group chat, I'll get like 73 searches, right? Because, you know, we'll be real, none of us watch Southampton enough to make like a proper call or Ward-Prowse and I don't think it's fair to judge players we don't see every week on just England games. Like I know De- like Declan Rice, for example, I know Declan Rice is better than the Declan Rice that I see um, when he pays for England, you know, probably... Calvin Phillips maybe a little bit fucking. I forgot Calvin Phillips went to City. Jesus. Anyway, James, what are the James Ward pros and cons? Like wh- wh- what is you like that one, innit? You like that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what like, besides
2: that. being an absolute whip's cross from <laughs> depth pieces? What is he actually good at? Because people are like he's just winks with a free kick. And I'm like, nah, I think. I feel like we do. No, it wasn't me. I'm not the one that said it. I'm not the one that said it. But I'm like, I want to give this guy some due diligence. So can you please tell the listeners what is James Ward-Prowse good at? That doesn't when the ball's
4: moving. This is the biggest issue that I find with other fans about James Ward-Prowse. And to some extent, Kyle Walker Peters. I think he's obviously fantastic at free kicks, but it takes away from everything else he does. Okay, yeah, he's, he's good at free kicks, and I know everyone loves loves to talk about it, but. You've got to realize that he's only 27 years of age, and he is the guy that Slamton looked to. He's up there with Matt Letizzi. I know Matt Letizzi is not the figure that some people think he is now. But at the time he was he was a legend, and he is to and James Will Prowse is in that path. In open play, you you know, everyone likes to typecast a number six, a number eight, a number ten. He does it all. He scores he he was contributing about 17 points to Slamton last season through free kicks, open play goals, uh penalties, obviously. Most assists, um, most tackles, most pressures. He does everything. He sets a tone with his press. He's probably the only centre midfielder that plays forwards. He gets into the box uh, and he plays every game. I think two years ago, during the COVID lockdown season where you have having games every two days, he played every single minute of, of the season. He's an absolute machine. And I'll be honest with you, I think when he first came into the team, I didn't feel, feel he was that good. I thought he was hiding a little bit. And since Ralph Harsin come in, them two... You know, the aggression that James Ward Prowse has got, he's a, he's a secret shit else. Um And he just, I was so shocked that he just didn't get into the Euro score because you're looking at new Italy game when Southgate decides to park the bus after going 1 0 up, bring on Jack Greer to win a free kick and just let Ward Prowse take it because I don't think there's much between him and Calvin Phillips. And Ward Prowse offers you a better goal threat as well. So, yeah, there's a lot more than free kicks that meets the eye for sure.
5: Nice, nice, nice. Um, I personally don't like him. He always scores against us. I don't know what it is <laughs> yeah. like. He'll, he'll be on a barren run, and then he just gets a free kick, and you know what's happening. Um, I think there was a game we won one nil um against us a few maybe two seasons ago. Dead game, absolutely dead game. James ward pass, free kick, top corner. Here we go. Um, so looking ahead to the game at the weekend, uh, three o'clock Saturday at the Lane. Um, we haven't had a three o'clock game on a Saturday for like years apparently. That was a real random stat. Um, Spurs and Southampton, Uh, like I said earlier, Southampton are a reputable team um, in in the league. They've kind of established themselves over the years. Um, We've played it each other 46 times in the Prem. Some facts for you guys. Um, I had my researchers do some work earlier. Um, Spurs have won 24 of those games. We've drawn eight and lost 14. However, in the last four games, um spurs won the first two and then we had a draw and a loss last year it's one of them weird games where apart from the one nil that i mentioned just now it seems to be quite high scoring averaging four goals a game and um, that could be just a commentary on both teams defenses and we'll get onto that about um certain high scoring games involving southampton a little bit later um but yeah it's a uh, very interesting averaging about four goals a game um Southampton obviously got the four points off us last year. They always seem to play us at those key moments, having a bit of momentum. And then we've got Southampton. And it's one of them, you know, quite and quite tricky games that we have to navigate. And let's be honest, over the past few seasons, we haven't always done that. So, um, Jacob, talk to me. You've got these new players in. Some players maybe have left, whatever. What do you see as your starting lineup, and how, you know, Judging on maybe pre-season, how do you think yeah. Ralph is going to set his team to go up away yeah. against uh, yeah. Conte and his players?
4: I think the away game last season, everyone sees that. I think the hierarchy see it as the Ralph Hartford's best performance as a manager at Southampton. The 3-2 win, I think they were fantastic. And then after that, they lost or they only won one of the, the next 12 games. So that was the best. That was as good as it got, really, for Southampton. Um, but if you remember the reverse fixture at St. Mary's uh, before Salisu got sent off, Southampton were giving you, you guys all sorts of problems playing a back three. And help. the back three, the back three exactly. And him matching uh, Conte's system was working really, really well. And I think that's what he's going to do um, on Saturday. He's, got, he's ditched his 4-2-2-2, as he likes to say, uh, this pre-season because he's fed up with conceding lots of lots of goals, you know, 2-9-0 defeats, And he's decided to go through a three five two. 5 2 and he's, he's used that throughout pre-season and that's what he's going to use uh, for uh, the opening day. And I'm sure a lot of the new signings will be featuring as well in that.
5: Cool, cool. Uh, hi, I want to come to you. Um, we've heard a bit from Conte today about the you know, different injuries. Um, unfortunately, um, Skip looks like he may be out for <clears throat> a number of weeks. Resuma and Post Perisic and they've got a late fitness test kind of situation, you know, the football manager type um <clears throat> emails um tomorrow um let's see how they pull through that hopefully they are um, ready to go <clears throat> who do you who do you start with I uh, on saturday three o'clock first game of the season um who i was so i
2: would start spence at right wing back regardless but i am very confident conte won't do that and i'm not I'm not gonna be one of those guys oh there's gonna be people on the time like oh why did you spend twenty million on him if he's not gonna start at home Southampton Look, he's never played Prem. Not only that, he's never had a coach like Conte. There's going to be certain demands Spence isn't going to have in his locker just yet, which is fine, you know, and hopefully that will come with time. Um, Perisic, I, I'd i rather not rush him. I don't know the extent of his injury, but I know he was rehabbing it quite a bit. So I would, even, even if he's past fit, quote-unquote, I'd rather him come off the bench, um, in that game if we can, you know, give us a bit a bit of an, give us an extra trick in the second half, and hopefully he'll be fit enough to start against Chelsea, who I believe we've got second. Um, so I I cannot believe I'm going to say this, because Doherty's not fit either as well. Doherty's got a late fitness test as well. Um, so I cannot believe I'm going to say this out loud, and this is kind of through lack of option. I am going to go with Cessignon. Um, at uh, left back, left wing back. Yeah, you love that one. And I'm, I'm not entirely opposed to starting Lucas at right wing back Saturday. You know, I'm not just just this one game, this one game. I'm not against. I don't think he's very good at it, but you know, I feel like just you know, new season. Who will I, a manager? Trust me. You know how Lucas has like one or two moments in him. I feel like if we can get those moments in the first half, shut it down, and then get Emerson on later on, I wouldn't be opposed to it. So I'm not... I mean, but this is a literal beggars-can't-be-choosers conversation for wing-backs. So to answer your question finitely, I'm going to say Sessegnon and Lucas, because I kind of have to.
5: Cool. And um, midfield? Did you say midfield?
2: Uh, midfield, uh, I presume another late test. I, I feel... Even though we were cussing Hoybier earlier, I feel like I'll I'll be fine with starting Hoybier and 10 in the middle with Basuma coming on for Hoybier. I think Hoybier will try to rise it. Um whether he'll rise it well or not is a completely is a completely different conversation. Um so that'll be my two. Um defense, obviously standard Romero, Dyer, whoever's fit out of the out of the left centre backs. Um I feel like this would be Jacob, is Nathan is Nathan Redmond still likely to start on the right wing? No,
4: he he's not really part of the plans at the moment. No,
2: oh, is he not? Who's who's your, who's your right wing? Who's your right wing winger these days? A right uh, wing back.
4: Right wing back will be Carl Walker Peters. It looks like Walker Peters. Because
2: mm. I feel I think this would be the kind of game where it would be good to see what Longley's actually like defensively. So I'd say Longley, dia Romero, Lucas, Cessignon, Huijbregt uh, Benten, and then KSK up top. Kane, Son, Kulu for me. KSK. KSK.
5: <clears throat> nice, nice. Um, yeah, um, hopefully, and you know, shout out to Cy, cast member who's in the chat. Sanchez, left side of the back, through the stuff of Nightmares, I agree with you, Cy. Um Personally, I never want to see Disco Dave play for us again. Um, <clears throat> I, I just, I get Nightmares every single time I see him in, it's like PTSD. <clears throat> There's a lot of triggers there when I see him in the lineup. Um, tops, just maybe thinking back to those games um, last Last season, I know Jacob mentioned it, that one-one game before Salisu got sent off. <clears throat> they were popping us. They were popping us like crazy. Um, tops, what do we have to do in this game? What is it? I, I feel like Southampton's one of these teams that if we score early, we're, we're going to win the game. The longer it goes, gets to twenty minutes, eighty minutes. Their team, like a Brighton, you know, who can maybe nick a goal here and there and, and keep us at bay
1: yeah i think it's going to be a i think it's going to be a funny game um because i went to the 3-2 at home and that was such a frustrating match because i felt like they came to spurs with a really good game plan um they were very well set up um I kind of felt like it was a bit measured. It was 1-1 to start with. They got a set piece. We scored soon after. And then we started the second half actually quite well. Sun scored late in the second half. And I kind of felt like, okay, we can now finish the game off. But Ward-Prowse has got fantastic delivery. That sort of right-hand channel. Um, sus- bit of suspect defending as well. Um, we pretty much conceded two of the same goals in the end. Um and I think I remember Bergwijn missing an absolute sitter right at the end as well. Um, I, that day, I was really impressed with how they set up. They, they they gave us very little space. They pressed us very high and they caused a lot of problems when they attacked. So I feel like it's going to be super important that our full backs, our wing backs, give us an option. It's going to be super important that we use the automation like quite well to get ourselves out of the press in our sort of defence. And I think just we just need to be extremely clinical. The one good thing I think we've been good at in the pre-season is that we've been able to create lots of chances. And we've got such players who are so clinical. So hopefully Kane, San Kulu can give themselves a bit of a chance. Um, I don't really disagree with a lot of what you guys have said in terms of um, starting lineup. I don't really want to see Hoybio but it looks like he's probably going to start. I would love to see Spence, but I don't see him starting and I just don't see any faith being given to players like Regulon or Emerson or Doherty. So, if Moura, if Moura starts, then yeah, sure.
5: Uh, Jacob, I just want to touch on this. Who, who's in goal for you guys? Um, and obviously we stole Fraser and... From me, guys. Uh, so you guys, who actually played? I don't know how much games fossil was actually playing last year. Like like we said, I didn't yeah. really watch much Southampton. But who, who's in goal for you guys? Is, is that a problem
4: issue? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say stolen. I just think Southampton decided not to give him a new contract because he is one of the highest earners. Um, <laughs> it's seems between Alex McCarthy, obviously been there for a, a little while, and the new signing Ireland's number one, very highly rated from Man City, Gavin Buzunu, who looks man City have got a buyback clause on for 45 million so you can kind of guess you know what they see, think of him um it looks like to get the feeling it's going to be gavin bazuna he's 20 years old so another young lad at the in defense uh or at the back sorry and yeah mccarthy will be on the bench and i like to think that Buzunu is probably more suited to the way Southampton play in terms of he can sweep, he can come off his line. He's more of the modern-day keeper than Forster, who despite being 6-6, six six, a lot of Southampton fans would scream and shout him for not coming off his line at all to catch your sweep.
5: Wow, well, we hope you sorted that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've we've had our fair share of uh, set-piece calamities. Um, I think let's go big picture and then we'll go back to the game and get our, our score predictions um, going around Uh, Big picture, Jacob, uh, Southampton, what's a good season for you? What do you see as progress? Um, What's the club said? What's the fans saying? Um, Talk to us about that.
4: I think it's obviously safety is the foremost priority, but then uh, you think that Southampton just want to find a bit of consistency because, as I said to you, uh, they beat Tottenham, they look fantastic away to Spurs, and then the next 12 games they pick up three points or whatever. And it's just such fluctuation in form. There's never any consistency. It's either fantastic, they're towards the top of the league, or they're one of the worst teams in, in it. So a little bit more consist- consistency, a little just being a bit more steady. I think if they can consolidate themselves in the mid-table positions, especially such a young group as well, I think that would be a successful season.
5: Nice, nice. Um, yeah, where, where, what do you see from a, a team like Southampton? <clears throat> do you see them as, as a... Top 10 type team like in the top half of the table? Do you, outside looking in, or are they just a team to kind of pop up the numbers respectfully?
0: I think Southampton are a bit in a, in a, a bit of a transitional period. Um, this uh whole having to sell to buy, and they've bought they've done well this summer in terms of like their transfers, um, they're not
4: having to sell to buy anymore. They've got the new owners, but previously, yeah, yeah
0: so with the with the new owners, I think. I think they could push for top 10, um, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think this is the season in which it will be, uh, how should I say, there or thereabouts. I think they will more likely finish around, sadly, 11th. Um, but I think they'll be, I think they'll be closer in that, in that run for top 10. Um, but the, the points difference shouldn't be that, that big. I mean, uh, I is a. I watched him a few games before him at Rangers, and I watched the um, Europa League final, and he looked, he looked like a real danger man. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think Southampton could do a little bit. I think they'll be in the mix with the likes of uh, Newcastle um, for that top ten spot because Newcastle have obviously recruited a few. Uh, but regardless of all of that, I need I need Southampton to come down to Wyatt Lane and lose six nil. You know just just do the correct thing um <laughs> so that we can get it cracking,
5: <laughs> oh gosh um I'm gonna ask one person from both sides of the trajectory one from the same side um three players to look out for on saturday from from southampton if you if you were um if if we were gonna take three players to Conte tomorrow and say these are the three that uh, Tanswell says we should watch out for. <clears throat> who would be those three players for you?
4: I think, like anything, it's always going to be two double-barrel geniuses in James ward and Kyle walker said so Those two are probably the only two that any have any consistency in their performances, so instantly those two. And then, like you guys say, Joe Arriva, he's been Samson's best attacking player in, in pre-season. He looks like he, he might even start up front. I think he's played in midfield a few times in pre-season, but he's always looked better when he's partnering someone up top and he's, he obviously got his goal uh, against Villarreal up front. So I think he would be really dangerous, especially on the break as well, because Slampton aren't pressing quite as much as they used to and they won't press as much as they did uh, when they went to White Alain last year or last season. They've just tapered it a little bit and they're trying to play, catch teams on the break. So I think Aribo would be quite useful in that respect.
5: I, what, what would be your three players if if, you know, if Jacob was going to bump into Ralph tomorrow? And, and a local Starbucks, um, what three players would you take, would you say would be to watch out for?
2: Three, what three Southampton players or what three Spurs <laughs> No,
5: special? Spurs players, Spurs players.
2: Spurs players. Um, I think as much as, you know, being a Nigerian, I want Joe Rebo to have a good season, but don't come around the block when uh, CR17 is around. You know, watch your ankles because Romero's coming. Okay, Romero's coming. That's number one. Um, I'd say... I, the only reason I'm not saying Basuma at the moment is because I'm, I don't think he'll start personally, um, and you know I'm trying to pick people outside of our absolute killers up top. Um, I feel like I've, I've got a feeling about this this like this Lavia kid. I think he will be someone to watch, but you know he might get a bit of a lesson in close control from Benten in midfield. I feel like I feel like Benton Core could start us off really really well. I think there were few he had some, even though it's. With respect, to Jacob, even at Southampton, like it still does count as a big game because it's the first game. It's a big transitional season, so I think Ben ten's gonna have to step up quite a lot on Saturday. So I'd say Romero, say Ben ten, and Kulizewski. I just, I just love Kulizewski. Like I think he's got. I don't, I don't really like using the term. or oh, he's got. A, I feel like saying someone's got a high ceiling or a low floor or whatever is 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 the thing to say these days. But I think. Kuluzewski, I think this is going to be another big season, I mean he's just going to keep improving so I think a lot of attention is going to be on Kane, naturally, you know, wouldn't surprise if somebody's just going to be asked to sit on Kane um, and reduce the service to Son, but, and you know with all the chat about us being in the market for some kind of creative forward or creative midfielder, you know, I think people forgetting a bit the kind of creative qualities Kuluzewski possesses so, yeah, CR17, Ben 10 and Kulu on the right I think will be Serious ones to watch.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's not forget that we. Yes, we do have killers up top. Um, Kane got four assists uh, in one game um, in against Southampton. I'm sure Jacob remembers that well. Um, Was it in one half? I think he got all of them in one half. Maybe. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, it was was a good game to watch. um. So let's get the score predictions for the game. Um, I'll go on top. So I'll start with you. What do you think? You know, I see this one going. score it some please. Three nil to Spurs. Oh, okay.
0: Just checking. Three 0 Spurs. Uh, Yao. Ah, I don't know. Um, nine? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I think it's gonna be. I don't think it will be an open game, but I think there will be transcreated. I'm gonna say two one
2: Spurs higher um i'm actually i'm actually gonna go for 1-0 um i would have leaned towards two it's not that i'm not worried about southampton scoring i think they've got potential i think and forgive me if i'm wrong the lack of grabbing an actual out and out nine to replace uh broya is is not doing them any favors at the moment and obviously he was an absolute menace in that 3-2 loss like if you're that good that you make me worried about che uh, che adams uh, then, you know, there's something about you, do you know what I'm saying? So I think I think it's going to be 1-0. I think it'll be a good 1-0 though.
5: Okay, cool. Jacob, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> and defend your, your honour. Um, I know you're outnumbered here, um, but uh, what, what do you think? What, what's your views <clears throat> on the game?
4: I agree with your point. Southampton are de- in desperate need of get- getting a goal scoring number nine and they're really working hard and trying to find one because uh, obviously though bro tailed off completely after that Spurs game. He didn't score again. Um, he was quite key in the way Southampton played. And the year before that, Danny Ings as well, he was you know, outrageous. He 22 Premier League goals or something that season. So they are missing someone. I feel that could be their undoing, uh, especially against Spurs, because I think they'll get too many chances. Uh, I was quite confident early in the week. I thought 1-1. One, one. Now I'm actually thinking about it logically. I'm going for a 2-0 home win. <laughs> Oh, OK,
5: 2-0. Um, I think it'll be 3-1, uh, personally. I, I do think Southampton score. I don't think we've looked as solid in certain areas. And I think the set-piece coaching hasn't quite kicked in, especially if we've got Sanchez on the pitch. Um, Jacob, just just wait one there, because you mentioned something there which is very, very interesting. You mentioned how you don't have a number nine. Could that be, my friend, because the number nine at St Mary's, just that number itself, incur some sort of PTSD nightmares. Yes, Jacob, I am talking about the 9 nil repeat scoreline <laughs> that has been experienced by oh. your club. And actually we here at the NSO, we believe in equality, we believe that everyone should share in misery. And seeing that we have gone through enough misery, we would like to give you the floor to explain to the football world St. Mary's post 9 nil times 2. Hassan,
4: yes. That's what yes, please. All, all I will say is that both of them are extremely flawed, okay? Because the first one, Ryan Bertram, was sent off within three minutes, okay? Then chaos, you know, chaos just transpired and everything just just fell away. But you know, it can happen once, it can happen to any team, and it's a bit disappointing because Slamson beat Sunderland 8 0 about three years before that, so they had the record as well. And then obviously, James <laughs> Vice scored. Scored at the end, and I was so disappointed it had to be 9 0. And I didn't want anyone breaking the record.
0: Oh, I think we might have lost Jacob there. I think Hustle Hooten cut off his connection.
4: Only appearance for Salanton. Uh, got after Alex Jankovic, and his one only appearance for Salanton got sent off at Old Trafford 42 seconds into the game. So again, Southampton reduced to 10 men, and you've got to realise Southampton had about 10 first-team players injured. They were playing young boys that didn't play for the second team. They were playing for the under-18s, and Mike Dean decided to disallow two goals, so it could have been 9-2, and give two (laughs) extremely harsh penalties that I think he he did a referee another Southampton game after that. So... Exactly, I think the 9-0 the second one just stung a lot more because I remember waking up the next day thinking oh my gosh it's happened again and it was just shocking to be honest with you.
5: How did Sorry, I just want to know how do you as a professional um, writing in in, in your capacity how do you even approach an article about it especially as a fan I don't know if you were at at the time or or wherever you were whoever you are working with um, how do you even put into words like you said the morning after
4: and the nine 0 thrashing. The first one, as I said, it was it was okay because you thought, okay, it's not going to happen again. Second one was just oh my gosh, because Salamanca had about six players available. They were lost the last ten in a row or whatever it was. And the fact that Salamanca were trying to time waste when it went to eight nil just to stop it going from nine nil told you everything. I think Stuart Armstrong got booked for not taking the restart after it went to eight nil. They were they would do it. They were so desperate not to concede. And Manchester United had 30 seconds to score another goal. And they did it. And if Mike Dean didn't blow early, they probably would have got, got a tenth. So it was dark. And the next morning, uh, I, I don't think anyone, I think even Salampton's report didn't make any excuses either. Uh, it was it was terrible. And let's just hope there's not another hammering this season. Because last year, Chelsea went 6-0 up after 60 minutes. And they took the foot off the gas because they had the Champions League targets Real Madrid after that. That could have been another <laughs> That could be another nine. So I'll just you can't, <laughs> so just
0: you can't lose nine 0 almost. You can't <laughs> lose nine 0 Listen it, listen. If if it gets to five 0 Hustle Hooten has to walk out the stadium and never come back. Like
4: Yes Lee. If it gets to five. If it gets to five, I think you guys you just do the right thing and just don't bother scoring anymore. Just think, okay, they're all, they're already dead and just just finish it <laughs> off because Seems to all you,
5: time. You, I'm telling you now, if it gets to five, six, seven, even close to nine, we are inviting you on next week. Absolutely. Absolutely. You oh, yeah. Get to don't don't off your. Don't deactivate your account. Don't don't don't, don't go. We will you. you. Don't, don't break your microphone. <laughs> Bro, Jacob,
2: you. if 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 we toast them nine nil, Jacob will find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok, and block every single one of us. <laughs>
5: you the media machine will be in, in full account. Thanks for that, Jacob. I mean, I know it's always tough to go down certain um, uh, memory, um, memory lanes. But yeah, um, guys, here we are. The season starts, um, a season that bodes well. Hopefully there's a lot of promise, a lot of um, we can realise some of our goals, <clears throat> establishing ourselves in the top four, maybe, um, well, hopefully picking up some silverware. Like Yao says, I want to see armpits. Okay, we want to see silverware being hoisted, we want to see armpits, we want to see Hugo Lloris having a drink legally um, as he's celebrating um, some sort of success. Guys, it's been great to have you on. Um, I think we have covered everything there. Um, Ohio, tell me if I haven't because you are the agenda man as it is. Yeah. No, I'm pretty
2: sure we've got yeah. everything, my dog. We've got everything still. Yes, we are, we've good.
5: Yeah, Jacob, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, guys, whether you are a Southampton fan or not, if you are signed up to Athletic, if you do have a subscription package downloaded, make sure you check out Jacob's work. Follow him on Twitter, retweet, send him love, um, and maybe you know send him a few nines um, so he can take it to the club uh, as recommendations. Um, Tops, Yao, Ohio, it's been great to everyone. Uh, for those listening, tell your auntie, tell your cousin, tell everyone that we are live and direct every single week. Um, make sure you follow us on socials. Make sure you get involved. Um, I think we there is talk about bringing back the Discord. So make sure you are linked into um, the Touchline main account. Get the details about the Discord as the games are going up. Touchline also, we have a live event coming up soon. Make sure you get your tickets for that. Be in the building to watch us watch the football and discuss all things Premier League. As we go along, it's been a pleasure, guys. My name is Dave, aka Troubled, aka Don Antonio, aka Coach, and we are signing out for the week. And Peace. Into the goal. On, debut, miss. Miss. On debut, Tongue Ondon has scored
3: the equalizer, scored the equalizer for Spurs. Lucas Mora clips it. A great Goal! Steven Burkbine has arrived in North London! <laughs> That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.